0: to another episode of the pixelated sausage show it's in fact the last show of the year right that's right yeah it's the 28th there's no way there's been a, even with uh the changes i'll be talking about at the top of the show there will be no more episodes in 2022 so put that in your ear and listen to it Ah uh, i am of course uh, hi 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 did i do that i don't know but i am of course your host Markers. Nez, as always, and I got a little bit of this, a little bit of that to talk about. This will be a shorter episode because I am planning to do some little tweaks and changes and uh, bringing back one thing that I used to do for a little bit over uh, time, and I'll talk about all that right now because the stuff I have to talk about, I don't feel like I'm going to say that much about them or spend too much time on any particular one of those future topics which include broken lines grime and the transformers movies Uh, all right but let's get to uh the shit i want to talk about and that is related to the podcast so right now the podcast is weekly i dabbled for a time with doing it twice a week and i am going to go back to that i'm going to attempt that at least we'll see how it goes but The plan with that is, one, the release schedule would be Tuesdays and Fridays, and then ideally episodes would be more in the half hour range. It would still be the same structure of just bullshitting at the top and then hitting what I've been watching maybe or or what have you, and then some games and then some questions. And the reason why I want to do this is because the last few episodes, plus a few more, I've had so much to talk about and wanted to hit so many things so that something, uh, a game wouldn't have to wait another week to be discussed that I was really, what is the exact phrase? Doing myself, it's not doing myself thin. But I I was making it so uh, nothing really got a fair shake. I I was spreading myself out too, too thin or whatever it is. And so I felt like I was doing a disservice to many of the things I was talking about. Because when, one, I'm talking about so much over the course of one episode, it's easy to start forgetting details that I wanted to talk about because... My mind was just on these three, five, ten other things. And now when I finally get to this one thing, I'm forgetting all the things about that thing that made me want to think, think, think. So that's one of the reasons why I want to transition, uh, move back to that setup. And then I just I just want to do shorter episodes. I just want to do shorter episodes. And I think they will be better or consuming, and I, I I think in general it'll be a better thing. So the plan is Tuesdays and Fridays. I'm not that doesn't mean I'm going to release an episode. Uh, this comes out on Thursday, so I'm not going to be releasing another episode the day after this this Friday. The next one would be Tuesday. But then, in addition to that, the way I've been doing Patreon questions is that when I remember, and I usually don't remember, to post on the Patreon asking for questions. I just take a single question from each Patreon member, if they remember to do it, or if they remember to have a question, etc. And then I answer them on the next podcast, on the upcoming podcast. And that's fine and well and great. (laughs) What I am going to do now is... One, so I don't have to worry about posting that and remembering to do it. And I think this will be also a better setup for the Patreon members. I created a channel in the Discord where those who are members are able to post questions freely. It's in slow-mo mode, so you can only post every six hours. But you can post as many questions as you want. There is no deadline and I will use my own discretion. One, there's no discussing of questions in there. There's no chatting. It is strictly a channel for posting questions and nothing else. And the way I will go about answering questions is I'll pick and choose Whichever ones I want, however many I want for a- any particular episode, and then I will answer it on the show. Some questions maybe I'll answer in the Discord, in the, the Patreon channel. Maybe some questions I'll just completely ignore and throw away and never ever try to think about ever again because they're so bad and will lead to no interesting discourse that I don't see a point in even bothering with them. so there's that and the reason why i'm doing the channel thing and everything is because there i don't have again to remember to post anything and people can whenever they get one that pops up in their head they can freely post there i might adjust the slow mode because i i added that after lunchbox suggested it saying hey you know you you can do this and i was like hmm that's not a bad idea, though the people who are patrons right now, I trust them. If I blew up and suddenly had a whole bunch of patrons, maybe things would be different. But everyone who is a Patreon member, I trust completely to not abuse the system or ignore the rules and try discussing questions in there, etc. If you want to discuss questions, you can just do it in the other channel. But... The reason too why I set up the channel and I want to do it that way is because then going to this new form of question asking and question taking when I answer a question I can just delete it delete that message from the channel if a question is something I feel like answering on the discord I can answer it there and then delete it from there and If a question just seems really, really stupid, I can just delete it and it's not there. And that way I can keep track of the questions and ones I've answered and keep ones there that I may not get to right away, but I would like to hit at some point in the future. So that is the plan moving forward with questions. It may lead to more questions being answered. It may... I, don't, I I think it will ultimately lead to better question time for all, for me, for you, or the viewer who is not able to answer questions, but uh, enjoys listening to them being answered. But that's, uh, I think that's the basic gist of what's going to be happening with this show outside of that nothing else is really going to change I I talked about this uh, during one of the streams and I realized also recently uh, and it really it it bothered me because I'm a sensitive little baby that having the Twitch VOD track enabled if you get disconnected and then reconnect I don't know if this happens 100% of the time but at least some of the times you can return, your stream can return with no audio of any kind. So all of your audio sources just won't go in, even though OBS is showing everything working fine. For whatever reason, that particular channel is dead. The VOD track is still good. It's annoying, it's frustrating, but what it means is the VOD track is dead, no longer will be playing music I can't play, when i stream and stuff of that nature so that's basically the update there in, in terms of streaming and stuff and uh hopefully uh, i don't hopefully I, I won't be in another bad mood the next time i stream because it'll be out of my mind and i won't be thinking about it but it was it was a very very frustrating time but uh yeah that's pretty much it to talk about in terms of stuff like that and whatnot and what have you and if you haven't checked out the attack the backlog episode for need for speed payback i highly 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 encourage you to do that even if you are an audio listener most of the time i i love that video i love how it turned out and i would really appreciate it if you checked it out But let's get on to what I've been watching playing blah 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 and get this show on the road so I just wrapped up today in fact Wednesday when I'm recording this my watching of all the Transformers movies I haven't rewatched Bumblebee because I've seen that twice not super recently but recent enough that I don't feel the need to to rewatch it I I might rewatch that tomorrow I don't know there are a few other things I'd like to check out instead, so probably not. But in my watching of all the the Transformers movies, I previously... So three of them are brand new first-time viewings for me. I had only ever seen prior to this the first two movies and Bumblebee. And the reason for this was because I liked the Transformers, the first movie, fine and dandy back in the day. And remember thinking Revenge of the Fallen was such a steaming pile of shit that I just could not be bothered with the series any longer. And then when they transitioned to Marky Mark, I thought, God, Marky Mark is fucking awful. No way. I can't. This is going to be the worst shit in the world. Well, you know what? It's going to surprise everyone. Myself is the most surprised. The Marky Mark Transformers movies are the best ones, not including Bumblebee, which is the only one that's actually good. But Marky Mark's, I don't like calling him Marky Mark, Mark Wahlberg's, his brand of acting, whatever you want to call it, It suits the stupid, 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 stupid stupidness of Transformers so well that he destroys Shia LaBeouf, in my opinion, because he just fits how dumb all of this shit is. It helps that his particular movies go extra hard in the really weird, dumb shit direction, whereas a lot of... The Shia LaBeouf stuff is eye bad. And there's way more objectification of women in the Shia LaBeouf ones, which is not as prevalent in the, the uh, Wahlberg ones. And then you have Stanley Tucci being super weird in the first one. He's sadly not as much into the the second walver one. But. The Walbur ones are just so fucking. Insane. You now have John Goodman. As one of the Transformers. And Ken would not to be. And at one point John Goodman. Shoots some alien in the face. Some little like alien. Robot. Whatever creature. And when he does it. He, he says take that bitch. And after he shoots it. He goes, you're dead. Take that, bitch. You're dead. And he likes saying bitch a lot. And there's also occasional, you know, singular uses of the F word in a few of the movies. And I think in the in the second Wahlberg one, there's a little girl who becomes a, a big part of the, the, the story. And I, think, I think the John Goodman Transformer at one point talks about something being a bitch to her and I'm thinking to myself this is weird this is supposed to be dumb family fun entertainment kind of and you've got a robot teaching this little kid the the loveliness of the word bitch and I don't I don't know how I feel about that but I really had a good time watching all of the Transformers movies including Revenge of the Fallen in fact the only the only one I didn't like that much is Dark of the Moon. The, the third Shia LaBeouf one because that one was the, the one that probably was taking it in itself the the most seriously. It felt the most like Vin Diesel had his hand in it without the not, uh, charm, whatever, the fucking endearingness of Vin Diesel's seriousness to go along with it. Because you instead have what? What the fuck's his name? Dude from Las Vegas. Not this, this city, but the show. Josh Dumal. Dumal. But I had a really good time with him. And my ranking, again, Bumblebee's number one because it's the only one that's actually good. My ranking is Age of Extinction... And after watching the last night, it's a toss up between Transformers One and the last night because the last the last night loses a lot of the dumb fun of the first one because of how weird things got. Also, in the first Wahlberg one, T.J. Miller is part of the movie early on, but he gets killed off super fast, and it wasn't a fake switcheroo, death, and he comes back at the end, like in War of the Worlds, where fucking shit is bullshit. There's one way in which Michael Bay is better than Steven Spielberg. Fucking, you see someone get killed, they're fucking dead. Steven Spielberg's like, no fucking the teenage boy he went up the hill and then he went down the hill and you couldn't see him anymore there's a giant explosion fucking of course he's fucking dead and even if he didn't die in that explosion he just went straight there he didn't have any fucking weapons or armor and he's fucking this stupid ass kid he's no no shot is he gonna live then he comes there at the fucking end he arrives home fucking bullshit ruins that entire movie the movie's got other problems but fucking fuck that bullshit ending but uh is a toss up between the last night and Transformers 2 for the 2 and 3 spot either way. Then Revenge of the Fallen, which I I really enjoyed that one. That one is super that one's probably the weirdest in not not an eye roll or it having a human transformer is fucking weird. And I don't know what else to say after that. The one positive thing I'll say that, though about what is it, Dark of the Moon is that the mother really shines in that. She has some great lines, but overall it's the weakest. The the switching, the changing of female love interests is really bad. The, the fucking McDreamy doctor character, Patrick Dempsey. He's just super annoying and super slimy and super shitty. And eventually I just wanted him to die instead of constantly being there as a pest. But it, it's an unfortunate. And I don't know if Michael Bay tried to make amends by casting her or, because he produced those movies. It's like, okay, you can be the the Ninja Turtle movies or what. I don't know. It's weird. Weird, weird. But the the replacement, she is just a damsel in distress, whereas Megan Fox actually had things to do and contribute in her movies. Yes, she was still eye candy. She was eye candy because that's how Michael Bay and cinematographer and all of them treated her. Uh, But she's still... Had some purpose and was doing things, and all this new girl is doing is making Shiloh Jealous and just being very she's very posh too. She's just, I don't know, she's 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 fucking sucks. Okay, she just sucks. But that's that's it in terms of what I've been watching. I've been watching some other stuff too, but I don't remember any of it. This is, this is, this is, the the year's about to wrap up. I'm fucking ready to wrap it up. So let's move on to what I've been playing. Starting with Grime. Grime is a side-scrolling, Metroidvania, Metroidvania Souls-like hybrid with pretty satisfying combat. And overall, an okay visual aesthetic that lacks variety, which... Kills the aesthetic because you start just getting tired of seeing the same shit over and over and over again. Even if you, uh, as you start advancing, it, it never got that, it, the changes were never that drastic. And a super forgiving, souls like system that makes it a more inviting experience for a more casual player. However, the game is riddled with performance issues on Xbox. And I believe PlayStation 5, I believe I've read it's on both console versions because it's been out for a while, but just recently got PlayStation and Xbox versions. And these, these performance problems include screen tearing, which is very, very, very unpleasant. And some frame dropping. The frame dropping isn't so bad, and the screen... Ter- it's not so bad to make it unplayable like some other games I've played recently, but it is noticeable enough and frustrating enough to be annoying and a potential turn-off for people. They are looking into a fix. I know that. So hopefully, they'll push an update relatively soon. But that does hurt the experience, and that does mean that some of the the game and the combat and stuff like that may be a little bit more frustrating because, of course, in a game where timing is very important, drop frames, even if they aren't super prevalent, they're still going to pose a problem. But the game itself, like the combat feels pretty good. You are this husk of a bean with an orb for a head, which is a very cool look. You're, your dude looks very, very cool. And as you're going around exploring the world, you are discovering parts of the map. And the, th- the thing about the game that's frustrating in terms of the fact that they want to go in both these directions and mix Metroidvania and Souls-like is that when you do that, they 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 need to both be really well done. And they're just okay. And, and that's the game in general. The, the game in general is solid, but it doesn't do anything to stand out. The art is decent, but there's not that much variety there. The enemies are not the enemies early on aren't all that interesting. The The most interesting mechanic is that the way you heal is by collecting this essence from... You fill up a bar and you collect this essence by basically parrying an enemy and, and timing it right. So when they're about to attack, you do a little parry and this will slow down time and sort of suck the essence out of them with stronger enemies this might damage them a little, but you're gonna have to damage them before you can defeat them this way. And by doing this as well, you, when you get the essence of a of an enemy five times or ten times, etc., depending on the the enemy, you will then unlock the the ability in one of your skill trees that that you can then put points into to give yourself extra damage when you attack in this way or damage an enemy when you dodge successfully and stuff like that which is a neat system of getting these abilities from the enemies you defeat that are related to them and their style of play or movement or what have you and One thing is when you die you don't lose your equivalent of souls. When you die after you get through enough of the game, you start you you unlock this new meter, this combo meter, this multiplayer whatever it is that as you defeat enemies, it'll increase and then allow you to gain more of these souls like currency as you defeat more enemies and it keeps building. And this is the thing that you lose when you die and have to regain by getting your husk and just swiping it with your sword or whatever weapon you have. And that's something that is, that is a loss, technically. But in my time with the game, I never felt like it was so great a loss that I really had to care about going back and getting my husk and reclaiming my multiplier. I was like, whatever. Who cares? No big deal. No great loss honestly it would be a bigger deal if i had to do that to collect the the currency that i used to level up my character but i could just grind like crazy be very aggressive take chances because i didn't feel like there was a great consequence for death in the game which is the opposite of how games like this should feel and then the Metroidvania side of things, the level design just isn't interesting. It's, it's very dull. In a Metroidvania-type game, the world has to be... You have to be excited to explore it. You have to want to seek out secrets. You want to get to a point where you can't continue just yet, but you can see that there will be a way. There will be... A time when you can go there and, and be excited about eventually unlocking an ability or whatever that'll let you explore that space I never felt that in my time with the game I just kept moving forward there would be branching paths every now and again and I would go down one path and I wouldn't feel that concern about going back and checking out the other thing I just kept Going forward, and I would eventually go back at some point or whatever, but there's no great mystery or wonder to the world. Part of this is because it's so samey, and also, regardless of the samey nature of it, the visuals are all right, but they're not. That that's just the problem with the game. It's it's well made across the board. Throw away ignore all the performance issues. On paper in practice every single thing about the game is good. It's just that there's nothing about it that's great. Not a single thing. The art's not great, the music sure shit if there was any music at all and not just ambient sound. That wasn't great visuals not great gameplay comes the closest to maybe being great but it, it seems pretty easy it, the combat is very 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 timing based you're going to want to do the whole parry thing and then when enemies flash red that's an attack you can't parry so you're going to dodge out of the way of that and the, the one thing i would also say is that early on just put most if not all of your points into your stamina thing which is what you use for attacking, dashing, everything. Just fucking fill that thing up for a while because you will need that really, really, really badly. But that comes the closest to feeling really good. But again, it's it's all timing-based. And as long as you're not so bored by the game that you start not focusing, because that, that happened to me at times where... I would be dying a bunch of times, not because it suddenly became more challenging. I just wasn't that interested in the game at that point because of how average so much of it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not, not you know, not exactly. But when you are trying to, I mean, they're not trying to. I, 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 if they were, they would have. I mean, they're trying to. I just don't feel like they did. I don't want to say they weren't trying to, because that's fucking that that's condescending. That's that's the fucking shitty of me, a uh, shitty thing of me to say, and and me just saying that I don't think they were is a, a opinion, which is what I have. In what has become such a crowded genre of both soul likes and Metrovanias. You really need to do something special in some way to stand out even just having great music something that makes you want to keep playing because you want to hear what the next track is going to be or or you like hearing the the, the music of this overworld this area something that grabs you and says you you have to keep playing to experience me and there's just nothing like that in Grime so yeah that's Grime it's, it's it's all right. It is all right. If you love games like that, you've played a bunch and you're just looking for something new and it doesn't need to be super exciting, it's worth checking out. But keep in mind, currently there are those performance issues. Not unplayable, but noticeable and your mileage will vary on how annoying you find it. Next up, last game, is Broken Lines. This is a tactics game that came out on Switch and presumably PC last year. I don't think it was two years ago, but I played on switch and the switch, the switch version. I played a little bit on switch and only a little bit because performance there. I don't remember exactly what the issues were. If it was just strictly performance or loading times or all of the above, but it was a bad, rough experience on switch. So I did not play much of it. I now got a code for the Xbox version, which recently came out and all that is gone, it runs fine, though the only thing I'd say I don't know if it's a stylistic choice or what the hell's going on it's not screen tearing, but it's sort of like that that distortion that you would get on CRTs that just sort of pushes the pixels to the side as it's scrolling down the screen, whatever the whole like, is it a scroll line? I don't know though the fucking terminology for that is but I noticed that quite Often when playing, and that may just be a stylistic choice. I don't like it if it's a stylistic choice, if it's something related to performance, and there's that. That was the one thing I noticed in terms of that regard, but load time's fine, everything fine in that regard. The game itself one, I don't think the tutorial is handled the best, but the actual tactics gameplay is fine. The way it works is that. You set up a bunch of actions, and then you initiate your turn. And when you initiate the turn, I believe it's eight seconds, they will they will go about doing what you've set out. You can be very, very detailed and place a whole bunch of points for them to do this, 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 go from here, and then ch- change your direction and go here, 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 here. Do this, crouch here, throw a grenade here, etc. You can be very, very elaborate with your planning or you can just say go from point A to point B and then and this this is something that I think would only really work on the easiest difficulty which is very very easy and that's nice for people who don't want a, a challenging experience you can just tell them to go from point A to point B and then enemies they run into along the way they will shoot on their own they'll do all these other actions on their own or you can be more controlling in what you want them to do. The prologues, uh, the, not the prologues. The prologue, which consists of the first three missions, that's much more straightforward. After that, it opens up into. I've seen some refer to it as rogue likey, and it's I wouldn't call it that. But you'll be able to choose your path to some extent, you know, pick between two missions or whatever as you're making your way. Busy. the story is you're a bunch of soldiers who crash landed behind enemy lines and you gotta get back to safety and once you get out of the prologue you start going about this business you can in between missions go to the shop to get new equipment or go to your campfire and chat with your fellow soldiers to learn more about them, potentially get specific missions from them, and stuff like that. The The problem with the game is, as much as I enjoy the combat, there's a lack of depth there that makes it way less appealing than very similar games like XCOM and other games in the tactics genre. You don't have control over where you shoot an enemy so you can't choose limbs or anything like that the number of weapons you have at your disposal very limited the the actions uh, there, there's RNG and, and how like the, the one of the most important things to do in the, in the game is to be aware constantly of your your characters composure. Because if, if that goes down, then they might stop firing, they might stop attacking, they might retreat, they might cower and just stay in place in the open and, and be a, an easy target. They may just decide to run away and not just retreat or, or do any of that. They'll fucking go in the opposite direction and maybe go towards another enemy and, and screw you there. Because when you initiate that eight seconds, you can't see that four seconds in, things are going really bad. I want I want to... I want to pause right here and uh, switch up my tactics. You have to you have to let it play out, and things could maybe go really bad in those four seconds. And that that's an interesting uh, a setup, but just that that lack of depth makes it so that you will you will figure out what tactics work for you. Whether it's just being very very, and I I would recommend it being very very sniper centric and long range centric and just taking out enemies from a distance because it's easy enough to do that or choosing to go some other way you will find you will find some tactics that work and this is this is the, the problem really in my experience I haven't finished the game or anything but with the time i put into it you will find the tactics that work for you and you will not have to change it the game does not at any point in what I've played throw anything at you that makes you change the way you're doing things. And it kind of sucks. Uh, but what is you know it, that 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 all matters. But also a big part of this game is the story and the characters and them being a huge driving force in. What you do, how you plan things out, where you want to go next, who you take in your party, uh, and, and building these relationships, doing the campfire thing where you're talking to them. And that stuff just sucks. I've seen so many people talk about how great it is. And I, the writing is okay. The writing is okay. My problem, and it's something I just can't get past. I'm being a stickler in the mud about this, but the character art, the art in general, the game looks like a fucking PS2 game. It, does, it doesn't It does look that great. And I guess these developers were a big mobile developer prior to this game, so I guess I can see that those roots in here and just the, the fidelity of everything. But the character art the profile images for these characters when they are talking to each other other and the way it delivers its stories which is back and forth. Text bubbles essentially uh, for the most part. And occasional voice acted slideshows. They are fucking... a A good chunk of the characters have plain default calm faces. But others always look fucking insane. And when crazy stuff starts happening they just look fucking more insane the the first lady officer soldier you get in your party looks like a fucking psychopath and when shit hits the fan here and there i'm scared for my life i'm scared that she's going to come through the fucking tv and blow my brains out cuz she's got like all these characters even if they have a more relative normal expression they've Almost all got bulging eyes. Their eyes are just bulging out of their fucking head. And then when things are crazy, they're just... They fucking look nuts. And it's so distracting. It's so unpleasant. I hate the art. I hate the art so much that it's hard for me to take anything they're saying seriously when they look as stupid as they do. That's just me. Other people might like it. I think it's also amusing when you have a conversation in the middle of a mission and... You have a character talking to who you haven't had the time to heal yet. And they are just fucking covered in blood. That's amusing. But the story just did not do anything to grab me. And a, a big part of it is because I hate the art. So the the story, I, I find it hard to get invested in these characters' lives when I think they all look nuts. But it's it's another game like Rhyme that's... It's solid. It's alright. But while the tactics genre might not be as uh, rich as the Souls-likes and and Metroidvanias there's still quite a few options out there and uh, Broken Lines just doesn't the, 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 the setting and everything this alternate I believe World War II history where you're fighting these these massed uh, enemies who have this really toxic gas that you need to stop and everything—it's just not—it's not interesting enough. But, but uh, the game itself, it's all right. If, if you like Tasha's, it's just like fucking Grime. If you really like Tasha's games, you played fucking everything out there now and you just want something that is not new, but as new for certain platforms, you could potentially have a a good time with it. And I think at least with the way it's structured, and the replayability that is there, if you... This is what I'll say about it. More so than Grime, because I don't think Grime has anything that can really suck you in. If you get invested in these characters if you like them if you care about seeing where their stories go then i think you'll probably get a lot out of the game and the replay uh, replayability nature of it because uh, things will you know things will affect how things play out how characters think about you and and what you're able to see in the future there, There is a decent amount of game there for those who do find the story uh, engaging. Yeah, that is Broken Lines, which I believe is available on everywhere, uh, on everything now. But uh, that is going to do it for uh, what I've been playing and everything. Before I wrap everything up, I just want to go back to Lunchbox's question from last episode, which was about... Animal sidekicks. I still don't have 10 because 10 a fucking ridiculous number and we talked about it after the fact when you finally listen and He was just trying to set me up to say Maximus the horse from Tangled who I fucking love and I love his his relationship with Flynn and I knew that was what he was doing, but I was completely thrown off when I saw that the number he asked for was 10 that's an insane fucking number, but I thought about it a bit and I've got a few answers. I do not have 10 because I still think 10 is ridiculous and I refuse to give you what you ask for. Uh, I'll also say that in my research because I was, I was I wanted to see what some lists out there that there's some fucking bad lists that have really bad answers. Because to me, if there is an animal in the movie that's doing its thing. It doesn't matter if they're not actively sidekicky. Gizmo in Gremlins is not a sidekick. He is off doing his own thing every now and again. They 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 might team up a little bit here and there, but he is always just doing his own thing. He's driving the car by himself. He's not working with fucking who gives a shit's names in the first one. When he gets all ramified, he's fucking off doing it himself fucking killing that piece of shit spider gremlin That, that doesn't work and then in some cases they're not we're animals then because one of the lists multiple lists included Chewbacca that's that's fucking rude as shit because Chewbacca is not an animal Chewbacca is an alien creature he is as much if he's an animal we're all animals and we are animals for even considering to call him an animal. But the number one I fell on was The Horse from Hidalgo, which is a movie that I love in spite of some of its corniness and shit because Vigo Mortensen is just... Ugh, God. Like, Vigo is one of my favorite actors. He is... It, it, it's funny that he's become such an interesting... I, he was always an interesting actor, but... Most of us who were made aware of him first in The Lord of the Rings, there's nothing about him in that movie that would make you say, Man, I'm really going to enjoy watching the stuff this guy makes because it's going to be interesting and he's a fascinating actor. And I just, I I love him. And, you know, I like that relationship. I think the dog in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that final. Not the final, final, final scene, but everyone knows the scene I would be talking about. I like the dog there. And and I'm already forgetting the few other ones I thought of. Oh my god, I hate this. It's, it's just, it's so hard. It is so hard. This. There are also some instances where there's just, there's just an animal that happens to be there. The Drop is a great movie that I don't think a lot of people have seen with James Gandolfini. Wife. He's not even... The guy who played Venom. What the fuck's his name? Tom Hardy? And there's this little... Is it a... Is it a... A boxer? It's an adorable little dog, but it's, it's not doing anything. I don't know. Well, that that's just... That's it. I'm done. I'm not going to try and think about anything. I'm not going to scroll through this list. So we're just going to end this episode here. And uh yeah, so uh, again, top of the show. If you want to refresh yourself on the plan changes for the podcast and uh, I'll see you when I see you. So that'll do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus y'all can find me on pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. If you'd like to get all my links up and board, you can go over to Patreon. You go over to pixelatedsausage.com slash PXS to get them there if you like this show or no and not if you if you like the show if you like this show or any of the stuff i do and what have you you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense that away for only three dollars a month you can get access to the discord channels you can ask me question after question after question and i'll answer the ones i think are worth answering and so on and so forth and and maybe some other stuff too sometimes i'll throw in a little sneak peek at this or that or whatever i'm also thinking about potentially i don't know what it would be about i don't know how frequent it would be i don't know anything about it but i am strongly humoring creating some kind of little show a little audio only podcasty thing that would be exclusive to the patreon it would be the actual only exclusive because i don't see how i This is something that I look at and I'm like, this is not the kind of content that needs to be or has any purpose being anywhere else. It would basically just be some dumb random shit show with my dad. So that might happen. And if it does, the only way to hear that will be if you're a patron at the $3 or higher tier. So if that sounds appealing and you're not yet a patron, maybe you should get on it. I was also thinking to myself, you know what I should do? I should set up a goal. When I hit $1,000, which will never happen, and that means I'll always be safe, I will, when I hit $1,000, I will watch all of Amy Schumer's filmography, everything, all the shows she's been in, All the th- I will watch it all in one long marathon. No breaks, straight straight through, no sleeping, Kill myself now, so I don't have to worry about that. Anywho, that is it. That is all. As always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year' episode. And uh for now, I mean, did I forget anything? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, just you know, thank you for watching, for listening, and all that good jazz. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. I hope the holidays, if you were celebrating, that time. Whether you were celebrating anything or not, I hope you had a good time, and again, hope you have a wonderful rest of your year. So for now, adios, a uh, rivaderci, bye.